Hey there, I'm Michelle Sherrier, and this is the Retail Whore Podcast. The stories and lessons from a life in retail. Hello, hello, guys. Okay, it has been a minute. I'm not going to say a minute. It's been a long time. This is was supposed to be a end of year recap. And for those of you who follow me on MC Design Collaboration and here at the Retail Horror Podcast, you know, last the last four months have been relatively challenging. And I actually tried to record this, I want to say two times, and most of it I was crying. So <laughs> it kind of worked out that I'm re-recording this now. It's been, I don't know, almost a month and a half, two months since I tried to record those solos back then. And now it feels right. It feels like the time has come. For reference, we just finished up the Las Vegas gift show setup. We came out here earlier than usual. And we are right now sitting sitting it out waiting for the massive storm that just hit California to pass because a lot of the route that we are taking from Vegas up to our new home in Oregon is all through that part of the regions where most of them have emergency orders. So we decided to wait it out a couple days. So I figured what better time than to do the solo now. So to bring you up to speed, last year was incredible, like an incredible amount of highs and also an incredible amount of lows. We said goodbye to our Puggle Peanut, who we had for 13 years. In September, we, we were on a job in Scottsdale and Dave went home. He was done. And with a, within a course of a few days, Peanut's health had declined so bad that when I flew home from Scottsdale, it was basically to say goodbye to her. I think I had four hours with her. But, you know, we were so lucky we had her for as long as we did. I mean, what a gift. And she was an obnoxious senior, senior by the end. Dogs do get dementia. Just to let you know, they do have um, what they call sundowners where, you know, like clockwork. Three o'clock in the afternoon would come and Peanut would start stamping in the middle of the hall, barking and demanding, I don't know, demanding food, demanding to be, I mean, you you never knew. Much like with seniors, you never know. It's just, there's something about that hour that, you know, just turns dogs and elderly people a little nuts. So we said goodbye to her. I think it was three days later, we received a 60 day notice to move from our house that we've been in for 10 years. And guys, I don't know, you know, we've always rented and I I guess I just never, I think you you sort of don't realize like what a magical place you live in um, until you have to go. And even though, I mean, I'm going to say this and I, you know, I'm the first to admit it, what you put out the universe gives you back. And I had said several times, several, I can't stand this house. It's so small. The backyard was what made this house amazing. It was, this area of Redondo was set up for TRW and Howard Hughes, the aerospace industry, built these neighborhoods and they were on double lots. So Back in the day, the houses were all built like in the 60s. So there weren't any of these monstrous, huge houses. It was like a little house on a giant plot of land. And most people, I think back then and even now, you can legally, they have farm laws. You can have goats and chickens. So you know, people had their vegetable gardens and chickens and whatnot. We chose to develop the backyard. We got married back there. 
it was an amazing place because we, you know, when we decided to get married back there, we decided to put the money into the backyard so we could still enjoy it while we lived there. We always knew the house was going to be sold at some point. And much like I think everybody gets complacent about things and we just got complacent. It became easy, but we put the money in the backyard instead of putting it down in, into a, a venue that we were only going to be there for 24 hours. And it, you know, it was, we got married right before the pandemic hit. So talk about a magical place to spend the pandemic. We spent it every day in our backyard. I planted peach trees. We had vegetable gardens. We had tomatoes and lettuces. And I mean, it was magical. And I'm so grateful for that experience. Um, but on the other hand, also, we had outgrown that house. Like we had three dogs. We had outgrown that house like you would not believe. And you only realize how you outgrow it when you start taking things out of it and realizing you have to move and you have to get rid of some of the stuff. And my God, the amount of shit that we acquired, it was crazy. But nonetheless, we had outgrown it. My biggest complaint was the kitchen because it was a galley kitchen. I literally could wash a dish and turn around and put it on the pot on the stove without even having to take a step. It was that small. And you know, you just like after a while, like you want, I just kept saying, I want an adult kitchen. I feel like I was in college, but the house itself was magical. I mean, it really gave us an amazing place to live and grow together as a couple. A lot of you know, Dave built in that same big backyard. Dave built me the little she shed that became the podcast uh, office, which was amazing. It gave me a place to be able to record without hearing Peanut barking in the background. So when we got this notice, it put us moving out on 1120. And um, November 20th was smack in the middle of our overnights for Bristol Farms and all of my holiday installs for my retailers. And then you add packing to it. It was an insane amount of stress. And somehow we got through it. We packed up. And instead of trying to find a house right then and there, I was scheduled to go to Vegas anyway. And usually what happens is I will come out here early December. Dave stays at home with the dogs. He will fly out for a week of work. I would fly back for Christmas, but for the most part, it was mostly me. And I just decided, let's just put our stuff in storage instead of trying to find a place now. And let's all go to Vegas. So that's what we did. We packed up everything into a storage unit and took, you know, the basics, clothing, and a couple of things that I use in the kitchen all the time. Took those. I bought a, brought a couple of cookbooks, but for the most part, really, it was just our clothes. Came out here, Dave's tools, the dogs, all of it, started the gift show setups. We Transpack kind of fell into our lap, which was amazing. And it would, turned out it was perfect timing. We were already there, so we could actually start early. So we had Transpack, sales producers, sales producers' brand new showroom that they opened across the street, across the hall from their original space, Artful Trading. And I had a few displays to do at Stephen Young. So it was amazing and it really worked out well. And what part of what was happening behind the scenes that you didn't see, I just kind of disappeared because, you know, I don't think I really had a chance to process Peanut passing away and walking away from our house until we got out here because it was, you know, th there's a gift in being distracted and the distraction was packing up and then starting the job. And, you know, truth be known, we got out here and there wasn't packing up to do. And we had a couple of days before the job started. That's really where I completely fell apart. And it was, I'm surprised how hard it hit me. I'm surprised how, what a dark place I was in. And I couldn't show up on social media. So I just kind of fell off the radar. 
and went to work, did, did what we need to do. Thanksgiving came and went. We spent it out here, which was lovely. The dogs, Dave and I. My mom called on December 3rd, I think, and had let me know that my stepfather was diagnosed with leukemia that was incurable. And on top of everything we were going through, I was going through, I was not, you never expect that, but it certainly hearing the stress of your parent and you know, what she was you know, facing, I, I did have a chance to talk to Sean and he was very frank and said, you know, I've been on a lot of trips with work and I always knew the trip was going to end and my trip is ending. And God, there's something about talking to somebody that ha- that knows they have limited days on the earth and have more or less accepted it. And he was supposed to live a year and he lasted three weeks. That's how aggressive this leukemia cancer was. And man, it's all of it. The compound effect of everything was devastating. And, and the hardest part, obviously, is listening to my mom, who now is navigating a world without her husband that she's been with for 35 years. It was her second marriage, and it was her soulmate. And it was, I don't know, it, it's something I can't even explain because I'm not even that close with my mom. And this, this, this is happening in compassion for your parent. And as a wife to somebody that's lost their spouse, like all of it, I, I just was not prepared for. So we went on business as usual. I had a chance. We had an amazing opportunity to do the podcast live in Dallas from the January show. So I chose to take that time after that and fly directly to see my mom because she's in South Carolina and it was easier and a shorter route. Little did I know the storm of the century was going to hit and it was going to take me 12 hours to get back, but it would have seemingly been a shorter trip. But it gave me a chance to go see my mom, be with her. And, you know, like I said, like I wasn't, my mom and I had had ups and downs all growing up. So we've never been very close. But when you go and see your parent and you talk to your parent and you watch them navigate house you know, she's 82. You watch her navigate this house, this big house without her spouse and any beefs you had, any qualms, any just trauma, drama, whatever from your childhood quickly goes away when you see your parent go through this. And it was hard. It's still hard. She's getting through. And then the final cherry on the top was she was diagnosed with breast cancer a week after he passed away. And the great news is if there is any great news, is that it's stage one and it hasn't spread. So she is starting her, I think when this airs, she will have just had surgery and is starting her journey as a cancer patient. And um, I don't have the same fear and that same feeling that I had when Sean's diagnosed came through. I She's not going anywhere. And I will say that the gift of all this, the gifts of the last few months, it, it now that I've We've wrapped up the show and I've, I can kind of pick up my head and look forward. There's been a lot of gifts in all of this sadness and trauma and, and, you know, what's been going on. The, the gift of, you know, my mom with Sean is that my mom and I are actually getting close. We're actually having adult conversations, you know, you know, and I think I've grown up, which sounds so weird when you're 58 to say I've grown up, but you know, I think I've grown up where I've let whatever go that, you know, things that have bothered you growing up or, you know, things that have happened late in life. But, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for my time to go see her. And I'm grateful that we are, we are having a different relationship than we've had for the last 50 plus years. 
the other amazing gift for this, I will tell you, I'm embarrassed to say it, but you know, the girls, the dogs, we had this backyard. So when we went to work, they had a dog door, they came in and out. We didn't have to have worry about taking them for walks or um, letting them out to go pee. They just went out on their own. And then you move to an apartment, everybody, and all of a sudden, apartment life is very different with dogs and not all of you know it. But I'm embarrassed to say we never took the dogs walking, partly because they were so unruly and trying to walk Peanut, Mouse, and Matilda, who are all going freedom directions. And Matilda coming off the street is super nervous and super skittish. This is the only word I can use, skittish around with people walking up behind her. Or if you, there's a loud noise or a car or a bike, I mean, you name it. It was just like, it was a, it was like trying to walk a kite. Well, in this situation, we didn't have an aunt, we didn't have any other, I mean, we didn't have a choice. Like it was put her on a leash and let's go. And man, I will tell you what assholes we did walk them because obviously the more you walk them, the better they get. And also the biggest thing is like the calmer you are, the calmer your dog is when you walk them. I know it's not, it's not a secret and it's not, it's, it shouldn't be a surprise, but I was like, oh my God, look at this. She's walking so good and I'm so calm walking her. It wasn't like this frustrating, aggravating walk of trying to walking a kite as we call it. Hi guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode. Now for a message from today's sponsor. Guys, so many of you over the course of the last couple of years have sent me DMs or emails asking me for any other podcasts that I suggest, or are there any videos that I know of or any merchandising books? So we finally created MC Design Academy. It is a YouTube channel that I am doing displays and breaking them down step by step with real levels of inventory to help you and inspire you to create new displays. They are short bite-sized lessons. You can watch one or you can watch the whole entire episode to do your display. But my hope is that it brings you inspiration. It kind of gives you another couple of ideas of how to do things. And best of all, it's like having me in your back pocket helping you do merchandising and display right alongside of you. So go to the YouTube page for MC Design Academy and click subscribe and let me know what you guys think. Now, back to our episode. It was just a gift and the girls at the, by the end of the show, the girls were coming to work with us every day. They had, a, I had a pen that they sat in and they hung out in and you know, it got to the point where we'd get off the elevator on the 10th floor, I'd cut them off their leashes, which let me tell you that alone was the biggest step for me. I was always paranoid about the dogs being off leash because, you know, Matilda came from the streets and Mouse has gotten away and was able to run three miles with her little tiny legs. So it never happened. So cut them off their leash and they would walk down the hall right next to me, never ran away. Again, another lesson. <laughs> but They'd go in and out. They'd go visit the girls and Jackie at Roadrunner. They'd go into Kina and visit Fabian and my friend Susan. And they'd come in and they'd go visit everyone at Sales Producers. And then they'd settle in and they'd be there and people would come by and say hi. And it's like, I have to tell you, the difference of these two dogs and, and us with these two dogs is night and day. And I have everything about this time here in Las Vegas to thank for it. 
a lot of you, I know from the last few trips, I've said very openly, I hate Las Vegas. And while we are not in Las Vegas proper, we're in Henderson, I will say this right now, I really have a fondness for it. A lot of it is because we all are here together. You know, I'm not here by myself where the rest of my family is back home. We're all here together. But it's we took the time also to, you know, I joined a yoga studio for the community and it was the most beautiful community of women and men, but it was just incredible experience. I found a new hairdresser that I adore. I um, We went to Red Rock and hiked with the dogs, which I'm that alone I thought would never happen. We just went to Valley of the Fire the other day with the dogs. But, uh, you know, I found shopping districts that I like. It was just such an incredibly different experience than it has been for the last two years of coming out here. And I'm incredibly grateful for this because it to be honest, would have never happened if we didn't have to move out of our house. Last year was incredible. You know, I feel like all the good stuff washed away when the bad stuff happened. But now, again, I'm able to kind of lift my head and see what is happening. It was an incredible year. I I had a beautiful article written on me in photo shoot for South Bay Magazine from the city that um, I was born and raised in. I went to Dallas for Stylize. We um, had a lot. The live event was in January, but it feels like it was um, there. But the, these little things have kind of built up that have been amazing steps for the podcast, amazing steps for myself. Like I've had some incredible projects. The Scottsdale project was hands down my favorite project of the year. Joy and her husband, Adam, reached out to me. Um, they found me. They reached out to me through Instagram. We did a full renovation on the store. A lot of it was done from afar. I'm going to start doing more Zoom consults because of how well this turned out, where 90% of it was done on Zoom. We did the show together. I gave them the advice of what I, you know, to add into what they were already doing, kind of like icing on the cake. And then we took everything off all the shelves. They took everything out. They polished the floors and Dave and I came in and Dave built platforms in the windows. So brought their window, their mannequins and whatnot to eye level. We built fixtures. We built out the store. It turned out amazing. And it was so incredible to see both the owners and the employees' responses to their brand new store. I mean, that's truly like, to be honest with you, with what I do for MC Design Collaboration, that is like the biggest gift of seeing you know, because I love when people aren't there when we work in the store. Not that it can't always happen. Sometimes you need the owner's help. Sometimes they just don't want to let go of the reins and and have it be a surprise. But the ones that give you the reins, and I've said this before, the ones that give you the reins and say, do your magic without all kinds of, you know, boundaries and micromanaging. And I think everyone thinks that they're, they're, doing the right thing by giving merchandisers boundaries and, and kind of trying to micromanage them. But I have said this before, is that the most, the projects that come out the best and the projects that I am able to stretch myself and design ideas, et cetera, the best are when we have an owner or a vendor say, do your magic. We want you to do what you do best. And that's literally what happened. And it was absolute magic. And Joy and Adam were so happy. The staff, this, the manager came in, she's like, I think I'm going to cry. I mean, that these are the responses and this is what I always want. But 
most importantly, I want to know that this is going to change the store's sales. And it did within the first couple of days. They were up from year before. And still to this day, they are doing doing bigger numbers than they've done in prior years. And, you know, it just, that was such an amazing project. Um, and the other part of this whole journey is to have the tables turned on me where I'm always the one to say change is good, change is good. You're going to have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. It was like the universe was like, okay, we are going to make sure you are super uncomfortable because we're going to force change on you. And I know in my heart of hearts that there's going to be so much growth already. I can see some of it, which is so great to see. But I think about how things are going to be drastically different within the next, I mean, honestly, in the next week. It's all because of of this change and and trying to get uncomfortable with it. Guys, I'm not going to lie. It has been the biggest struggle I've had in probably the last, I don't know how many years. Like it was hard and it still is hard. And I am constantly reminding myself change is good. And sometimes when change is forced on you, which is usually when the biggest change happens, sometimes you have to just submit. And I had to constantly remind myself to submit and just go with the flow. Everybody around me was like, so many great things are happening. Just wait. And it's really hard to swallow. And same thing as getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. It has been so fucking uncomfortable for months that I I have learned to accept it. And I know that there's some big things that are happening. Like there's no way this much could open up and not have some mass major change. The biggest one is we've decided not to move back to California because that's the other thing that I've been saying along with I hate my kitchen is I hate California. Not because of politics or anything. Honestly, a lot of it is the entitlement from the area that we grew up in. It's just, you know, there's a lot of money there and there's nothing more infuriating to me is to watch you know, no dings on on the wealthy housewives, but the wealthy housewives that don't want to park their Range Rover a block away to go to Starbucks, they would rather park in a handicap zone. And in their mind, it's only for a few minutes, but that is incredibly infuriating for me to see anybody park in a handicap zone that is not handicapped and is well-abled, whether you have a plaque or not, is well-able to get out of your car and jog over to the coffee shop, I, stuff like that. And quite honestly, the pace of Los Angeles and things like the 405 and the 101 have been, uh, those are the freeways I'm on all the time because most of my clients are in the valley. So it requires both of those freeways. And man, after years of driving it, it's like, it is it is crazy to think that I've driven on those freeways as, that, as long as and anybody that drives in California that, you know, it, it's a certain hour and forget if you don't get out, if I don't get out of jobs by two o'clock, that's why I start so early as well. Not only for to be able to have the ability of working in the store when no one's in them, but a big part of it is that um, you're avoiding traffic. So, but if you don't get on the road by two o'clock in the afternoon, you were, what would seemingly be 30 minutes to get home is literally like, I don't know, two hours. I mean, it's insane. So, I just am really wanting to slow down. I really, really wanting to create different types of projects that I can do, like the Zoom consulting or more time on the podcast or podcast events or 
creating different modules for lessons for MC Design Academy. And to be honest, like if I'm going to fill my schedule so full that I have no time to do that, then I, I'll never be able to create these things. So my hope is that by moving away out of California, not having to travel on the 101, doing more work from a calmer place, a calmer environment that's green, that we can walk out and hike. And I don't know, just it's a different lifestyle. I've watched my best friend, Elisa. Elisa used to be our digital marketing manager. I've watched, she moved up there two years ago. I've watched her live this beautiful, full life. And I've really longingly been wanting to. And and I, you know, when I said I want to move out of California, it was first was I'm giving it three to five years and three to five years became two to three years. And guess what? Our 60-day notice came almost literally at the two-year mark. I mean, talk about putting it out there in the universe listens and the universe answers. <laughs> so guys, this year, I'm super excited to bring you new podcast episodes. I'm super excited to get more involved and have more time to do more things like filming in retailers again and talking to more people and talking to retailers, hopefully in their stores, even if we're recording live and we're not filming, like doing it face-to-face. I am so excited for some of these things. I'm also super excited for MC Design. We have a lot of really great projects coming up and I've realized, you know, again, with all of this and trusting the universe and knowing that all this disruption have ha- has happened for a reason and that, you know, there's big growth coming. I'm super excited to see what is coming down the pipeline for, for MC Design Collaboration and jobs because it is, you know, not knowing like the TransPAC job was incredible. Like, and that was something I had no idea about. And to be honest with you, if we did not have to move to Vegas earlier, that job would not have happened. And it was, I have to trust that by opening up my schedule and by not being so booked and by living a slower life that I can be open for bigger jobs like this, the Transpac job, which was, again, one of those dreamy jobs where there was no micromanaging. It was being hired for our talents and letting us do what we are good at as merchandisers and designers and letting us run with it. And that's literally what Lori from Transpac let us do. And it was such an incredible gift. And for those of you who saw it, and for those of you who have commented on it and talked about how beautiful it was, thank you. It was amazing. And that's what it's about for me now. I think, yeah, I turned 58 last year. I think this coming year is all about creating newer, bigger projects and kind of taking it slower and seeing what comes to me. And that is something so, <laughs> for a control person, this is something so out of my wheelhouse because as I, I've said this the whole this whole trip and this whole time here is that for a control freak, not knowing where we are going to live in Oregon and just, we've never even been there and we're driving there and we're going to move there. It's like, this is like a major trust fall. Just close your eyes and fall back and trust that this is where we're supposed to be when we're supposed to be. For everybody who was at the shows, both Dallas and Las Vegas, and came up and said hi, and and I cannot thank you guys enough. I had one store in Hawaii who was so lovely, who hand-carried me these amazing cookies and chocolates and popcorn from Hawaii from her store. I had people come up and just say, hey, we just want to say hi and take a picture. I mean, I never, ever, ever 
anticipated any of this when we started this podcast. And it's all because of you guys that it has become what it's become. And I am so incredibly grateful for the opportunity to talk to retailers and for them to talk about their stories and their struggles. And for you, so many of you to reach out both personally and DM and say how much you are taking away from other retailers is priceless. And my hope this year is to bring you a whole lot more of that so that you can continue on learning from the people who are so willing to talk about their highs and lows of business, because that's the other thing that we all talk about is that for some reason, no one wants to talk about business and retail and like it's all super secretive and for the guests that come on that give it up and like they're an open book i am so grateful and i'm so grateful that you guys recognize that and that you guys see what a gift and like how much of a difference it can make i also wanted to say thank you to our new sponsors patrick and company came on this year and thank you to our original sponsors, Fine Lines and Sales Producers, for continuing on to believe in us and the little podcast that could. And to all of you, thank you for believing in the little podcast that could, because again, this would be nothing without all of you guys. So with that, I'm going to hang up and I'm going to pack the rest of my bags and I'm going to get ready to take off to head to Oregon tomorrow morning. See you soon. And that is a wrap. The Retailer Podcast is produced by myself, Michelle Sherrier, and Catherine Kalu. Our website, where you can find all of our episodes, can be found at www.theretailhorrorpodcast.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Retail Horror Podcast. 